Welcome to the Quitting Marijuana Podcast. I am your host, Jonah, the guy who thinks he uh, has it all figured out until life smacks him around a bit to remind him who's boss. Hey, a big shout out to our listeners in Seattle, Washington, St. George, Utah, and Crawford, Nebraska. I hope you guys are keeping out of trouble and are on track to meet your goals. On this show, we open with a word of prayer for two reasons. Reason number one, every time I make something all about me, God shows just how quickly and spectacularly I will fail without him. And reason number two, as living organisms, whether you believe in evolution or in the existence of the devil, there is a part of us always trying to take the less demanding road. Hunters and trappers take advantage of these natural tendencies all the time. We humans living in modern times probably don't need to quit THC just to limp through life to our graves. However, if you are listening to this show, it is because you have a voice inside you saying you were meant to be something greater. If you pay close enough attention, you will start to feel the positive and negative forces within existence. All change, whether you are studying the rules of physics, biology, or chemistry, requires an input of energy. Mankind's reminder to keep pushing self into positive space is thanks to a power greater than ourselves, outside of ourselves, God. Please join me in a word of prayer. Dear God, thank you so much for bringing us together on this wonderful day. It's a... Saturday here where I here where I am, and I ask that anybody listening to this uh, feels your touch in their life. I know I have felt your touch in mine. Um, I'm, thank you so much for giving me a wonderful wife uh, who works so hard, and, and thank you for keeping us safe as this latest storm came through. And dear God, please forgive me for the mistakes I've made this week at work. Um, I, I am I am nothing without you. If it was all up to me, uh, it, you know I wouldn't be here anymore. And so really appreciate your mercies. And uh, continue to bless us as we move through the month. Amen. All right, so cool. We're going to rock and roll. Our reading this morning comes from Sri Chin Moy's text, The Jewels of Happiness. I read this passage on patience, and I, they're sort of like different chunks of it, right? Like comparing what patience is like and, and uh, where it needs to be applied and the different ways we can think about it. And it's all really, really powerful, but I'm just going to highlight the part that kind of applies most to me. Um, probably there are pieces that perhaps would apply to others of you out there, but you know, I don't, I don't really know who you are, so I'm just going to do the part that kind of speaks to me the most. So it says, be like a child. In everything we do, we need patience. In the beginning, when a child tries to stand up, he falls down again and again. After falling down a number of times, he could say, no, I am not going to try to get up anymore. But he has a tremendous inner urge to walk. He sees his father, mother, and elder brother all walking. And he, too, wants to go forward. The patience that a child exercises unconsciously, a grown-up has to exercise consciously. For a child, patience is natural because he has all the time in the heart. But because adults live in the mind, they have to try very hard to get back to those heart qualities. We have to bring the unruly mind under the control of the heart. Patience, patience, patience. What you need is patience. In the heart of your patience, you will discover peace blooms and satisfaction blossoms. And then this uh, other chunk here, the strength of patience. Patience is divine strength. Very often, people do not know the meaning of patience. They feel that it is something feminine, a form of cowardice, or a reluctant way of accepting the truth. They feel that because there is no other way left, they have to be patient. But if consciously we can be patient, then we are strengthening our inner will and lengthening the scope of our divine manifestation. We have to feel that patience is not something passive. On the contrary, it is something dynamic. In patience, we develop our inner strength and willpower. 
It is true that if we have willpower, we can easily acquire patience. But it is equally true that when we have patience, our inner willpower develops itself in a special way. Patience constitutes my bank of fortitude. Love constitutes my bank of peace. Concern constitutes my bank of joy. And uh, I kind of changed my voice there on a few of those little bits because it's in italicies. It's like a little poem. So, anywho, yeah, uh, hey, listen, I don't know how far into your sober lifestyle you are, but everyone has the ability to change if they believe in a higher power and are willing to put the work in. One of the reasons why I've been resisting, doing my best to resist pornography, is not just because of all of the research that says it's terrible for you, but because, as I read this holy book, uh, the Bible, Man, there's a lot in here about committing adultery and lust and how that is something evil. And, you know, which comes first, right? I mean, this ancient text that tells us it's a problem or all this modern research that says it's a problem. Uh, I can't tell you how many people online I see struggle with porn addiction. And a lot of them are young men, right? They smoke weed and they look at pornography. So it's like a double dopamine hit. And Andrew Huberman, of course, you know, I bring this guy up all the time. He had a little piece about the problem with pornography and masturbation. And Jordan Peterson did, too, about how you have this dopamine release, but you didn't have to put any effort into it. And so, I listen, I, I've started, I started looking at pornography, oh, man, I don't know, when I was really young. I remember laying on the floor in gym class looking up girls' shorts and skirts. This is like third grade, so I could see their underwear. Um, I just, I had a thing for underwear. I don't know why it was, you know, I grew up super conservative Christian. Maybe that was the only piece of like sensuality I, I got exposed to. And so I like fetishized it, but you know, that was, that was an early age of me doing the old peekaboo. And then I remember going in my grandmother's barn, Nana's barn, and my uncle had an old 1964 Chevy Impala sitting in there. And we're in, you know, me and my brother and my cousins were in there just dicking around in the barn looking. And then, you know, oh, there's this car and we open it up and there's a box and inside the box is a black bag. And what's in the black bag? But, you know, stacks of Playboy magazines. And I opened it up and I actually was kind of turned off. I was kind of like, ooh, breast and vagina, like, whoa. And they were hairy and I'm like, ugh, you know, that's nasty. I don't know how old I was. I was probably 10 at that point. Um, maybe I was probably, maybe I was older than that, maybe 10 or 11. It's tough to remember. But then, of course, the advent of the internet came out, right? And so, young college kid and, you know, spending time in the dorm. Don't get me wrong, my girlfriend at the time was like a sexual nutcase. You know, she was way into like BDSM and everything. And she and we were fresh out of high school. Like, how is this girl into that kind of stuff? But she was very emotional. Uh, she went through like an emo phase in, in her teenage years. I think she may have cut once or twice. I don't know. N- nothing like super serious in the cutting world. Um... Man, and it's weird, too, if you keep your eyes open, how many people you see out there who were at one point cutters or who may still be a, a girl at the grocery store who was checking out my groceries. She, Her arm was all lit up with these massive old scars, and my heart just broke for her, right? But, anywho, she was working at least. So, I didn't really, I didn't really have to look at porn too much because, you know, I had this, like, sexual deviant for a girlfriend, but her best friend was into pornography, was actually doing it. And in some way, she ruined it for me because she said they were all acting, right? They don't, they don't actually enjoy it. They're just, like, making those sounds like they're going through the motion. And so I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, this isn't real? What? Um, but still, right, through the years, on and off, you go through where you're looking at it every single day. You go through where you're looking at it maybe once a week. Uh, it's just, it, it's the devil, man. And so 
and it's interesting that I can connect pornography to this passage about uh, patience and self-discipline in the sense that I haven't looked at it in a week. I'm on day eight of my marijuana sobriety, and you know, whoop de doo no big deal there, right? Like this needs to be a, it's a permanent life decision. It's not like a, ooh, I, I made eight days, I made 20 days. You know, every day is a new day. If, if I meet old alcoholics or old addicts, they always say it's one day at a time. So that's how I'm taking it, one day at a time, and, and it's not for me, I'm not going to do it. But with the resistance to the pornography, I've, I've been kind of challenging myself from like a discipline, discipline perspective, right? Because I still have the urge. I pull up the phone, I'm sitting on the can, I get on Twitter, and I'm staying on Twitter, staying on Twitter. And typically what happens is the longer I'm on my computer or my cell phone, the more likely it is I'm going to look at porn. And I don't know if that's because the dopamine hits from the new content slowly wear off and so that I need a new one, or if it's just an established pattern of behavior. But, you know, praise God, I've been able to stay away from that this week, and it's increased my discipline in other areas. It's so crazy, right? Like, I guess that is explained many ways. It's explained in the world of meditation. It's explained, and let me try to paint a picture for you, but, like, if you resist temptation here then you now have the muscle to resist temptation there. And so that's exactly what has happened. This morning I woke up and I I woke up with the wife, went out and shoveled, and then I meditated for 40 minutes, which, you know, oh, whoop-de-doo, but, you know, lately it's been kind of tough for me to meditate on the weekends. You know, I I get caught up. There was a wrestling tournament for me to go to. I'm like, oh, you know, I get all spun up, and I'm like, you know what, no, I got to put the right thing first. And I, I hadn't meditated on Friday, and whew, I can tell, you know, it was tough. It was real tough to resist the urges. But I just tried to try to knuckle down in my brain and be like, you know what, man? Like, you can have the strength. You can have the discipline. Like, you don't have to let this push you around. Like, why not just do it, right? There, there, the, the, there's no difference between... Uh, Custamato, right? Uh, Mike Tyson's trainer said, the difference between a hero and a coward is that it's not how they feel. They both feel the fear. But the hero goes out there and does the work anyway. And so while willpower is not necessarily the only tool you should use to try to keep yourself sober from marijuana, there is something to be said for you know that inner strength, that self-discipline of just saying no. And guys, I'll, I'll, probably, I'll probably fuck it up tomorrow, right? Like I'm not saying I have it all figured out. Not a fucking chance. I have been a week free of porn many times in my life. But it's just cool to feel it impact other areas of my existence, giving me the strength to shoot my bow at 10 o'clock at night last night. It was like 10 o'clock in the evening. The wife had come home. I needed to pay attention to her. She was unloading from work. You know, she's getting ready for bed. I had done everything I needed to do except shoot the bow. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to shoot the bow. I'm going to shoot the bow. So anyway, you know, that's that's my my two cents, right? So same thing with marijuana. There is a perk on the other side when you resist this temptation. Your brain starts to come back. Your ambition starts to come back. Your self-confidence starts to come back. The clarity starts to come back. And, and clarity can mean many things, right? Your ability to function, or it can be a, a truthful assessment of the world around you, of like where you have gotten yourself and the work it's going to take to get out of there. Right, but don't be afraid of the work, everybody. It's one foot in front of the other, and 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 God works in mysterious ways. Like you never know. You gotta just do the right thing and trust that it's gonna come out. The dots are ahead of you. Looking hindsight is twenty twenty. I think Elon Musk said, "If you look behind you, 
right? It all makes sense, and, and you can pick, you can see the path. But looking ahead of you, there is no path. But Jordan Peterson brought up how those invisible dots will be connected if you continue to do the right things daily. The individual tasks and the, and the stuff that you have to do every single day, every morning I go through this, every evening I do this, every middle of the day I do this. That stuff all adds up, and you have to trust that it's going to take you somewhere well. And, and God's plans are his own. Um, you, so if you're a spiritual person, you can look at it that way as well. But, hey, I'm kind of off in the weeds. Listen, if you have a story about marijuana, I would love to hear it. I've shared many of them. It really helps other people. The The emails I get are not so much like, oh, you know, Jonah, we really love you. Like, you're the man. That's definitely not the case. What we, what we, The emails I get say, wow, you know, your podcast and knowing that I'm not alone and, and hearing these other struggles that people go through really helped me. So, hey, listen, you send those, quittingmarijuanapodcast at gmail.com. Um, it's totally anonymous. I'm just some dude over here. You can hear these papers rustling, my feet, my bare feet on the uh, plywood floor. I'm just some average Joe, everybody, no big deal. So, um, yeah, and listen, I'm also setting up another conversation. It would be conversation number two. And I can't remember what I called this girl for anonymous, but it's it's a person that, who messaged me and then I messaged them. I shared their story at one point. I think I, think I called her Jamie. And we go back and forth. We're kind of like accountability partners now on, on the phone. It's pretty nice texting each other. And so we're scheduling a conversation. Her, her life is crazy. She's got some really good stories. And uh, I, I want to learn more about it. And I think you guys are going to find it super entertaining. So, anywho, uh, quick work update. Woo! I don't know how many of you are teachers, but wow, report cards are coming due, right? Like, man, it is on like Donkey Kong. I also screwed up, right? Because here I am, oh, trying to make a name for myself, this, that, and the other thing. So I schedule a family study night. I'm going to have the parents come in, and I'm going to teach an ELA lesson and a math lesson. So they can come in with their student. We'll be in the cafeteria. I'll go through an ELA lesson. I'll set it all up. Like, they'll be active participants. We'll take a quick brain break, meaning like a, a movement activity. And then, bam, we'll switch into math. Well... Unfortunately, I never wrote down back in frickin' the end of August when we had an association meeting that one of our next associating me- association meeting dates would be on the 8th. And that's when I scheduled, of course, the family study night. And where, of course, is the association meeting happening? It's happening in that same stinking place. So I can put the blame on other people in the sense that nobody's filled out a facility request form. So when I went in and, and looked, that day was wide open. But... <laughs> being organized is, is not my forte. So this kind of sucks. You know, everybody's going to end up meeting in a different room now, all the teachers. And so I'm going to have this this kind of bullseye. I'm like, oh, Jake, you're you know, oh, this guy, you know, he did this thing. And blah, 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 blah. Like, what, a, what a pain in the butt this is. So that's a drag. But I just, it's a big push. Like this week is going to be a massive, massive push. It's report cards. So it's a lot of individual assessing because kindergartners are are five years old. One crazy thing that I wanted to talk to you about because it does relate to marijuana. So I had been kicking the can on these gym teacher credits, right? These phys ed credits. And, you know, I had this dream. I want to do this thing, but I'm still smoking a ton of dope. And so like last summer, I'm smoking a bunch of weed. And of course, we're working on the house too, right? So I didn't, did not end up signing up for college credits last year. Well, that's fine because my current gym teacher, he, you know, he's going to work another year, and that's perfect. This summer, I'm going to take 15 credits, and so that way, next spring, when they go to post the position, I'm ready to go. I have, I'll have the supplemental certification, and we can make it happen. Well, apparently, the dude 
showed up drunk to work the other day. We had a shelter in place. And shelter in place, if you don't know, is where like you can continue teaching and learning normally. You just can't go out into the hallway. So we have this whole announcement, shelter in place. It's like first thing in the morning. And then later we get an email that a staff had a medical emergency. Well, I stay late because we have wrestling practice and report cards. And when I'm leaving to go to practice at like 530, I look over and this dude's car is still in the parking lot. Now, this guy's a lazy sack of shit, right? Like, I, you know, I feel bad saying that uh, because I recognize that that's not a very uh, kind thing to say, right? And I'm, I'm more conscientious of the fat shaming, but he is a fat fuck. <laughs> like, he is a terrible teacher. Really good heart, really bad teacher, really lazy person. And obviously has some demons, right? And like that's maybe that's where I feel a little bad. Like obviously this this dude has some demons. But I'm thinking to myself as he's crying, like, wow, he is staying late to work on report cards. Like I judge this man unfairly. Well, I come in the next day and I've been the first person at work now for a couple of weeks and his car's in the exact same spot. And I'm like, Oh, okay, so he must have gone out drinking or something. Somebody's gonna give him a ride in. Well, later in the day, finally somebody comes up to me and they're like, Hey, did you hear the scuttlebutt? And I'm like, No. Oh, you know, this guy it was this individual. I'm like, oh, we had the shelter in place because of that? And then, boom, I immediately knew. I'm like, he was drinking. And they're like, mm-hmm. So, fuck. Like, fuck me. Are they going to open up this position now? And I'm not ready. Right? Like, here I am, like, master of my own destiny. It's all going to be perfect. And then, bam. And that's where good luck. Good luck is opportunity meets preparation. And I was not prepared and here comes an opportunity, because this guy's either going to get the boot or he's going to resign, right? Like, the dude's been teaching a long, long time, 59 and a half years old. There's no way he's coming back from this. I, I don't believe that. Now, I have a meeting with the principal in two weeks, because she sent out a little email. Hey, you know, do you guys want to move? Do you want to stay? Write your note in here, and if you want to meet with me to talk about it, um, we'll set that up. I didn't tell her if I wanted to move. I just said I wanted to meet and I wanted to wait until the end of March because that was when I was going to be getting the results of this test, right? So, you know, if I pass the test, then I'm thinking about opening up the box and saying, hey, this is what I want to do. Um, but if I don't pass the test, I'm going to kind of, you know, keep it hush-hush and just keep my mouth shut. So I don't know what to do, you guys. I think in that meeting I am going to go ahead and, assuming I pass the test, tell her, hey, this, this is what I'm interested in. Because um, I am interested in that cool science program, but not as it stands right now. And I know that if I go up there and tell them, well, this is what I envision for it, um, they're just going to laugh me out and they're going to be assholes. And and that's that. And, of course, the wife doesn't want me to have that either. So, anywho, there's a, there's a, there's kind of a long work update for you. Apologize for that. But our athletic tip of the show addresses an aspect of physical therapy. Okay? Let me, let me hang on for a second while I get that book. Okay, it's literally right over here. So, it's called Gap Ints and Smash Mobilizations. So, I bought the book, Becoming a Supple Leopard, by Dr. Kelly Sturrett. And this is the updated and expanded edition. This is like the OG book, okay? It's very expensive. It's uh, a little over 500 pages, I believe. What do we got here? Boop, 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 boop. Oh, no, okay, it's not over 500. It's like 500 on the nose, 479 in the index. Um, but it is phenomenal. It is absolutely phenomenal. I learned about it from Faraz Zarabi, who is George St. Pierre's trainer. If you don't know George St. Pierre, he was a world champion mixed martial artist, i.e. cage fighter. That might um, jog your memory a little bit. But if you have knee pain, this is a quote from the book. Think this. I need to mobilize the tissues surrounding my knee joint. Then get to work. And so basically what's happening is your hamstring and calf cross your knee joint in the back. And so this mobility is like a two-for-one because you're going upstream and downstream with just the single mobilization. So if you've got really tight calves, 
and you're working on them down low, like you forget that like we got other stuff happening up here. By getting up high into the gastrocnemius, you can effectively deal with these tight tissues and feed slack to your knee and ankle. So basically the idea is to sandwich a ball behind your knee. Like you take a lacrosse ball, you stick it up in there, either just to the inside or just to the outside, creating a large compression force. Okay, and then so you can either, like when you pull your shin in with two hands and you and you put the squeeze on there, you can wiggle your foot around you can like move your toe which is called flossing where like you have a constriction on a particular muscle like you wrapped a band around it but then you you force that muscle to move inside the band or you can once you like pull that knee in and you get that squeeze on the ball you kind of scoot your butt around back and forth so you're working the inside and outside of your knee smashing both sides of your gastroc hey i've done this several times it's phenomenal one of my uh, a first grade teacher actually came up to me, told me that he had super tight calves and he was hitting them with a foam roller side to side like I had recommended. Uh, but, you know, he's still experiencing, experiencing some knee pain. And I was like, whoa, what's crazy, man, is my wife just brought this move up to me the other day. Like I, could, I had completely forgotten about it. Highly recommend it. Actually, this motherfucker just texted me right now. That was that ding. Let's read. Let's see what this uh, what this cat has to say. Thanks, exclamation point. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> is that terrible? Oh, man, I hate those, like, I don't know, that generic fucking... I don't know, maybe I just would have said that too, right? I, I can't judge anybody. But, uh, anywho, if you have some competitive athletic experience, listen, I would love to hear about it, man. Record us a little voice tip, all right? Send that over to us. Uh, I am all about it. I'm thinking about getting back into wrestling, like, at an open tournament. Apparently, like, old men like me or old women like me can actually go. It's just anybody. You just show up and you wrestle whatever you weigh. I have to be careful so I don't get thumped by those college kids, right? Like, just <laughs> roll over and lay on my back, probably. But anyway, send it over. Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, I don't know if anybody has updated reviews since my last uh, episode here, but, man, I do like the feedback. Whether you want to send me the email directly with some constructive criticism or whatever, or if you want to leave a review on Apple or Spotify or however you listen to it, um, I do kind of touch base with those just to see. And so, yeah, all right, cool. Well, hey, man, it's been great spending time with you guys. Uh, Let me pause this for a quick second. And it was literally just a quick second so that I could see where this new like audio bit starts because uh, I'm trying to add more music in, right? Because it's kind of fun. And now I realize I have this long monologue where I have no idea where I've transitioned from one topic to the next. But today's show is winding down. And uh, let's think about the words of Kobe Bryant, the man, the legend. He said, we psych ourselves up too much. Like if you try to talk yourself into, oh, this is a big moment. This is a big shot. You're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. You shot that shot hundreds and thousands of times. Just shoot another one. And today's Bible verse, Proverbs uh, chapter, yeah, chapter 16, verse 2. All the ways of a man are clean in his own sight, but the Lord weighs the motives. All right, hey, I'm off to fix my headlight. Got a second ticket for that. <laughs> so uh, remember to find satisfaction in the struggle and peace in the moment. We'll see you next time.